The first description of a sulfur match is from China in 577 CE, but the first friction match was invented in 1826, three years after the patent of the first lighter. Welcome to Weird Fractions in a Shop. I'm Rasmus. <laughs> and I'm Red. And I'm Jan. I'm Dan. I'm Heidi. Hey. Hello. Hello. That was way too smooth. <laughs> yeah, this is unusual. This is very unusual. That's, I'm not trying to get complacent, but I kind of like this. <laughs> but uh, Heidi, welcome. Hello. Yes, welcome. Happy to have you here. Happy to be Happy here. Happy to be here. Look at I, us, Dan. We're so simpatico. Yeah. <laughs> but why, why are you there together? Well, that sounds like it could have been a horrible announcement to make to the general world. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not sure that Janie would have approved no, that all announcement. Ben, I wouldn't really want to deal with that. At um, the same time, let's say. Sorry? At the same time, not together. At the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, oh, well, it's um, it's probably quite old news now, isn't it, Heidi? Yeah, I mean, we were asked by, by like a month and a half. We were asked to adopt uh, an errant Norwegian for a period of time a week. <laughs> oh, because, you know, there's only so many people who can cope. Um, yeah, no, basically, yeah, weird yeah. things. Um, doing really well, really vocal at this point in time, really getting my words in line. It's hot here today <laughs> and uh, brain's a bit scrambled, just come out of the workshop. That's fine. We have time. So, Red, you're actually the first person I spoke to about the podcast. Was I? Yeah, so I came up with the idea for the what is now the Setting Up Shop podcast, which is why Heidi is here and I'm here, and Raz is also uh, a member of the team for that. Uh, I came up with the idea of that, not last Maker Central, but I think the one before, and I remember having a conversation with you whilst we were walking in between hotels about what do you think about the idea of a, a podcast based around uh taking your maker hobby to the step of you know selling things at a market or selling things in a shop or whatever um but rather than it being straight white male who's a woodworker in my uh, mid-40s and therefore everything i say must be applicable to everyone else um inviting people from other um continents and different genders and uh you know raz and and yeah base basically just kind of um you know so there's my, myself heidi and raz you know we've got a blacksmith potter and a woodworker where and uh, just getting different perspectives different things that we might have come across on our journeys towards kind of hopefully being professional in our individual uh well crafts that's the word i was looking for i was going to say sports for a moment we were just talking about the rugby world cup sorry yeah brain was uh focused on one area but yeah so that was that was kind of the basic idea and then um heidi was very gracious and said that yes she could uh make some time and it sounded like fun and uh rasmus as well because uh, we needed a blacksmith who would reliably show up each week and um <laughs> yeah, i'm the only one well, the only one I knew. I mean, oh, oh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't didn't want to approach Joe. He's he's very busy. Mm. But uh, yeah, so we we kind of uh, we got together and we had a few chats, and then we thought, yeah, this kind of makes sense. And um, it, no no slight on any other maker based podcast whatsoever, particularly not the one that we're on currently. But um, it's aimed a lot more at 
trying to help people get from A to B on that journey rather than, hey, what have we done this week and all that kind of thing. So mm. it's it's a lot more structured, mm. but it's still fun. It's still quite laid back, uh, or at least I think so. The other two might completely disagree, and I might have to mute myself at this point while they chime in. <laughs> no, I, I do think it's a lot more laid back than and sort of a lot of other podcasts i've heard but at the same time like we're trying to keep it professional but we're also unable to take ourselves too seriously so there's i think we are at least by the last episode maybe recorded now able to really hit the stride i feel of talking like consistently about the uh, subject and getting some good points in yeah. while having a laugh mm. yeah absolutely absolutely i think it's um so I'm going to be talking a lot. I need to make sure I pass over to other people. But what's been very interesting to me is because we've pre-recorded all the episodes and we didn't record the final episode of season one. So it's, it's five episodes in the sort of the pre-episode, if you like. Um, we haven't had any feedback before we finished the season. Mm-hmm. And now the first episodes come out. And now we're starting to get the feedback from people. So when the, none of the following episodes will kind of address that until the end of the season. So that's a little little bit of a, oh, that doesn't quite fit. But there was a reason why we did it seasonally rather than weekly. Um, but it's been really interesting that the feedback we have had so far has all been really positive. Uh, I've already had one request for um, extra levels on our Patreon page, which is uh, setting up shop at Patreon with shop S-H-O-P-P-E. Please go and join now. Um, and if we do get enough patrons, maybe we'll fulfill that also person's wish of getting a Dan shaped bobblehead. Yeah, the the person wants oh, a Dan yes. bobblehead doll. Um, yeah, and uh, but hey, you know what 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 the people want sometimes will happen. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> nice. So I, I I assume that what I said that night at Mika Central was was good enough for you to encourage you in the right direction and yeah I, I think in, in your usual very exuberant French way you said that sounds cool the affirmation from uh from red saying that sounds cool was enough to uh maybe think oh, okay yeah which is why it then took me a year to actually get on and do it well i'm happy you did it and yeah. and and i didn't listen to all the episodes yet because they are not all yet uh out but uh from what i've heard i i really enjoyed the podcast because as you said it's a little bit more structured compared to our shit show that we are currently doing <laughs> and really enjoying doing um you, you have you have this discipline of um taking turns and explaining your point of view and your ideas and your experience and that that's very um rewarding for the listener that i am because i learn a lot from your experiences as sitting in a, up a shop and going to markets and selling your stuff and and i need to learn i i need to develop that aspect of my business so to speak uh, so it's 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 really good and I yeah I'm happy you're doing it because I I learn a lot and it's fun to listen. So I hope you're gonna do that for a very long time. What do you think about the experience of doing a podcast, Heidi, on a regular basis? Because you you were a guest in several podcasts, yeah, and it was from my point of view always fun to have you on uh, or to listen to you. But doing a podcast, what how do you see it now? Well. 
I really enjoy it. I think, you know, I did a podcast previously with my buddy Jake. It was called Origin Point. We released yeah. probably like 12 or 13 episodes. Um, But it was yours. You, yes. uh, you, you were kind of in charge of the thing. And now you have to like share yeah. with two other so, guys. So it's, a, yeah. I guess, a little bit different than just doing a podcast on your own or just with one other person. Well, I think what's great about the difference between that experience being a, a guest on other people's podcasts is I I don't have to control everything, mm -hmm. um, but I do get more of a say in, in certain things. So we do meet before the podcast recording session. We each kind of give our anecdotes or our notes into the notion page to kind of make sure that Dan has a script to write. Um, <laughs> that's, that's Rasmus all over the place. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I've got a lot of, I got a lot of colleagues that love that application. Okay. So when I say that I'm using it, they're like, oh my God, can we nerd out on it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> let's just be honest. I like to just put information in and then Ras and Dan clean it up. Um, <laughs> well, I, I feel like mostly I clean it up and, yes. and Dan has his like written out A4 sheet of paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a lot I, of transposing from I like a very old, old man. man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very old man, so it all, get, all the data gets thrown into Notion, and then when I'm actually going to be hosting, I then help get it in my head, write out an A4 sheet of all the points, so that that's on the table in front of me, and I have Notion closed, so I've got because you, you you know what it's like anyway. You've got multiple screens open, just kind of right. What we're looking at here, and then we've got the The recording the audio here and we might have something else dragged up over there so i was like do you know what let's just write it out and i can glance down if i need to so um mm. yeah i've discovered that i am the most technologically inept out the three of us and kind of the, the most who hates change Uh, so, yeah, I, I will don't, don't say that too 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 loud. They're gonna start calling you vintage and old and shit. So, <laughs> yeah, just, no, no, just, vintage is reserved for you, Red. Thank you. I, I, I it still means old. I'm the oldest, the three of us. So <laughs> <laughs> still means old, but but better than old. Rare, yes. precious, and and better. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Should be um, the museum locked up behind. <laughs> <laughs> along the same lines of that um like going back to your question was the biggest thing that i think helps us is that we have someone that's elected as moderator so dan really does a great job of making sure that we're staying on task when we are recording and he's able to kind of make sure that if we do start segueing into some other topic he's able to kind of roundabout bring it back And I think that helps in a sense of like listening to a, a million other podcasts with like multiple people that um, sometimes it just goes off into this re repeating tangent. Um, having that kind of structure really helps us to stay balanced. We do tend to record longer than what we maybe originally intend to. Um, but I don't think bit. that, yeah, I don't think it's like a waste of those minutes. I think a lot of what we're talking about getting into those nitty gritties helps us to open up for what season two is going to bring. So it's been, yeah. I think really, a, it's been a hugely positive experience for me and not editing it um, is, is even more important Qu to me. Um, question to you guys about that. When you, I mean, you have certain topics you discuss during an episode, 
the way you prepare it and set everything. So you, you get a good feeling about how long it should be. Mm. Do you go by strictly time or just by the topic? So if you feel that the topic needs more explanation, do you go longer? Because I only had the chance on listening to the uh, pre-episode yet, and I really liked it. And I've seen that the other one came out, but I'm kind of saving that for the long flight coming up. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, yeah, well, the um, so we we spoke right at the beginning, and we said right, the, the most important thing about this is how much time can each of us actually give to this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the idea for season one was we want to have people who are considering, let's say, doing a Christmas market they're going to want to have information in order to be ready in time for the Christmas markets that tend to happen from mid to end October, all of November kind of thing. So on that basis, we then worked backwards and said, right, so how many episodes can we fit in? Because we're, all three of us do Christmas markets. So mm -hmm. when do we need to like really have all of our spare time to make that? So we worked out that the latest we could record was kind of early September so working backwards from that at the time, we figured, hey, you know, we've probably got enough time to maybe do sort of six episodes of around an hour. One of them is about an hour and a half. Um, but we, I mean, the initial plan was, as you always do, is, oh, we could probably record two in a time in a session mm -hmm. and like have a gap in the middle. That's just not happened. It's, and it's, it's probably better that way because by the time you finished one episode, you're mentally not exhausted necessarily, but you've kind of you're getting to that point where the fun's not there anymore and that will yeah. always come across in an episode. Um, so we, we very much kind of went, right, that's our time frame now of how many episodes we're going to do. So given that, and we want people to be prepped, ready and feel a bit more confident about going to an actual market that then dictated what we could talk about to a certain extent. So we had our time frame of sort of five episodes in the prologue, um, the prologue was only supposed to be about 15, 20 minutes, and I think it ended up being 45, closer to 50. But, hey, that was fine. It, you know, mm. it was a good uh, warm-up experience, certainly for me, as, as Heidi said, as kind of the moderator. Um, I would like to point out as well that I did ask Heidi to be secondary moderator to bring me back on track for when I start wandering off on the panel <laughs> as well. Um, so, you know, it's always good to build in the backstops. But, yeah, that kind of set the tone for us then and then when we worked out what we wanted to talk about on each episode we kind of have like three headings and work out amongst that right bullet points for each of those headings and then i will keep an eye on the time and if we're close to an hour and i kind of feel like we've gotten near the end and we've, we've dealt with all three well enough then we'll wrap it up but if i feel like no actually we've we've spent a lot longer on the first two and the third one is just as important and we haven't dealt with the subject then I let the time run a bit. Mm. Um, so that's that's kind of the structure basis. Uh, and it seems to have worked well for us so far. Um, we'll wait and see. Uh, we might change it up in the future. Don't know. Um, obviously, it would change completely. We do want at some point to have guests on who are relevant. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. It seems to be working okay at the moment. Nice. I have a question as well. One for you, Dan, and one for us. Um, then how is it to be a moderator uh, in a podcast? Because we, we we don't have anyone doing the moderation thing in our podcast. Uh, sometimes uh, Raz does it, but uh, there is not a, a very defined role of someone 
keeping track of what he said or, or keeping us on track for a, a very specific topic. No, that, that, that doesn't work. Usually someone goes on a rent, the other one is excited, swept, swept with yeah. it. The other one is looking for food and suddenly epic music plays and we're all like, oh, we're going on an adventure. Generally speaking, generally speaking, that the hardest thing about being a moderator with these three is the fact that Raz has been a moderator on another podcast. Mm -hmm. And with with you know with all the love of the world to Raz, there's been a couple of times where he said, "Oh, we're going to do this thing now," and I'm like, "That's literally what I was about to say." If you <laughs> wait a few more seconds, kind of thing, which yeah. may have had to be edited out. I don't know; it might have been left in. I haven't necessarily listened back to those episodes yet. But you know, and that's not a problem. It's all fine. It's I I get it. It's very difficult when you've been in that position to then stop. Uh, mm -hmm. which is why anyone who's ever listened to Steve go on any other podcast will notice that he talks yeah, he takes over. <laughs> because he, he hates the dead space. And I, I get that, you know, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, so that's, that's really isn't that big of a deal, but that's probably the hardest thing about it. But that's probably because in various different guises throughout most of my adult life, I've ended up being like leader of a meeting or moderator mm -hmm. of this or, or whatever. So, when you've had to moderate bunches of people who have wanted to, uh, who have both spoken passionately about a subject enough that they've invited someone outside to continue the conversation, mm -hmm. then moderating a podcast with two people with the same goal is relatively uh, not difficult. I won't say easy, yeah. but not difficult. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, 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 that wasn't, <laughs> it's, it's not all you, you know, it's that whole thing of you, you've got to be thinking ahead as well as watching the time and doing all that kind of stuff and uh, just making I sure. I I've derailed you as well. And uh, <laughs> then at least one instance I can think of. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you can't, you know, it, we're all doing this from our own homes. You can't help it when like delivery drivers suddenly turn up with, the entirety of a frozen food delivery and it's got yes, yeah. yeah. entire grocery load in the middle of the podcast that wasn't supposed to come for another three hours. It was it's fantastic. Fun. It's all it's all life though, isn't it? It's um it's not yeah. a problem at all. Yeah. So from my from my point of view, it's um I I enjoy doing it. Uh, I just like the control really. You know, that's all it's all about. That's why I started the whole thing, is I just wanted to control. Yeah, <laughs> I bet it was. Raz, same question, but for you, how is it to be a host in the podcast uh, instead of being the moderator of your own? Well, I, I never thought of myself as being the moderator of our podcast. I feel like yeah. I'm just the one who starts it and finishes off. And nah. everything in between is just like occasional mayhem and carnage yeah but more, more or less yeah <laughs> uh i also sort of know myself enough that i feel like i need to hold back a little bit during the whole thing because i don't want to overshadow or run over everything mm -hmm. but at the same time like i know dan has written out his notes i just don't know if the, uh and by the sound of how he might do a segue it might sound like he's about to gloss over something and that's when of course i interrupt him and he goes no that's literally what i'm going to but yeah. he was taking the time just to gather his thoughts and meander and to me that sounded like no, wait, did he forget something? Did he lose something? And I just want to confirm. And yeah, that's, that's maybe where uh, I can be problem problematic. I think Does that's it require... you just, you're so, learning sorry. each other, right? Like you're, yeah. you're learning how to see each other's tells. You're learning how to like understand, okay, well, this isn't Notion. It's in notes um, that are physical notes. So like trusting the process or trusting Dan, um, you know, 
yeah, and, and like one, one of the things I'll keep on doing, like when we have like a really long fleshed out list of bullet points we need to mention uh, as a teaser, like things you need to bring when you go to a market that is very stupid to forget about. Like I will turn that into a checkbox list. And as you're mentioning them, I'm ticking them off in motion. But I don't know if either of you are aware of checking that. So right. for, that's just something for me, just so that I can see like, oh, here's all the things we mentioned. Oh, I remembered something else. And I think, yeah, also one of the things there is like, yeah, Dan mentioned insurance like in a byline early on, but it was never on the list. So I was like, did we mention insurance? Because I didn't, I filled it into the list, but it wasn't a box to it yet. And I'm because just along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm organic with the way I do things rather than being the, uh, yeah, the, the, the written stuff out. No, it's, oh, yeah. it, you know, it's sounding very almost clinical and kind of weird at the moment, but um, no, it is exactly like you said, <laughs> Heidi, like, you know, you're along for the ride as it were, but um, it's definitely very enjoyable at the moment. And I think, I, I mean, I know I've reached out to both of them a few times and sort of said, we, you know, is, this is definitely fun, right? Like everyone is mm. they're not feeling obliged to like, oh, we've got to last out the season because we kind of had this chat and it felt like we should or anything. Because I think something that's not spoken about a lot by any podcasts, well, none of the ones I've listened to, which is a very small number, so it's probably too sweeping a statement. Um, the cost of podcasting. Like if you're not editing something yourself, if you're not self-publishing, if you like, like even even just using rss.com, like you can upload one episode for free. Great. You know everything works. You know you've linked it all to Spotify and everything else. Mm. But then if you want to do anything else, you have to pay a subscription. Mm. Fine. And it's not drastic mm. amounts of money, but then you've got, right, if you want to edit an episode and it's an hour long, and particularly if you're editing an episode where you have been the hosts, so you're having to listen to your own voice mm. for like, you know, it's that there's a lot to to bear in mind for anyone who ever considers doing their own. There's there's a lot of extra admin and background stuff to deal with. So um I I would just make people aware that it's not just, oh yeah, you just rock up and you record a thing and you publish. I mean, you could probably do it like that, but um Yeah, some people yeah. do, but I think uh, having having the again discipline to get back to what you've recorded and and choose some parts of it and and uh edit cut off some parts mm. because it doesn't fit it's not the topic or it's not you're not in the right mood that day and just having a, a good product in the end uh, is something important if you are planning on doing a podcast for a very long time as you said then you have to it has to be fun for you because it shows when when it's not fun for you and and yeah. therefore the listener will will get bored as well i'm 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 going to do a prediction for you because you you've not been um recording this podcast for a very long time but there will be days where you will go to the recording your recording station backwards because you're not in the mood because you're tired because um uh, you have stuff in your mind uh, because of your day job because of your family or whatever um and it happened to me over the past two years uh, doing um two thirds but at the end of the recording i was are you, are you breaking up with us no they, listen to me till the end you, you understand. <laughs> uh, at the end of the recording i was always feeling better compared to the beginning of the recording recording uh this show uh this whatever it is with these two guys as was always a fun uh a time 
spent with friends, talking about random stuff. Uh, and in the end, uh, after one or two hours of recording, I was always feeling better. So even if you, you feel tired and it's, ah, oh, fuck, I have to do a recording and I have so much other stuff to do, it's always good to stop, do the recording, um, spend time with your friend talking about something that you really enjoy. Um, for me, it's always been beneficial. That, that interrupt Rasmus one or once or twice. Oh, that's within. fun. That's the, yeah. the most fun part. <laughs> that's that's also the world. reason why he doesn't do any like notes for an episode. <laughs> like he's probably afraid we're gonna use that to um, use like the perfect point to interrupt them. Yeah, like, it oh, gives time he's, this is along, going along the notes. He's at that point now. He has something important to say. I think also one of the reasons he doesn't make notes is because he's too busy trying to work out exactly how he can remind you um, how Hagrid screwed up in Harry Potter or, you know, remembering the next movie that's coming along. Exactly. Um, you know, all of that kind of that stuff. That one video game I've been playing, what the next end was going to be. <laughs> I have no idea what any of you are talking about. I was just trying to think, actually, you know, going off topic, because, you know, that's one of the reasons this podcast is enjoyable to listen to. Um, we, we A lot of jokes were always made about Red being vintage, and uh, we spoke a little bit earlier about uh, age and all that kind of stuff. What would, and this is always going to be generational, but um, how would you relate that to a computer game? So if we're talking about, if you wanted to be classed as classic vintage, but something respected and loved, what would be the computer game, Red, that you would, you know, for me, it's like Age of Empires 2. Mm. <laughs> Age of Empires 2 is like, was the game of my generation where everyone's like, everyone enjoyed playing it. And it wasn't, mm. it was definitely not a bad game. that It's always thought of fondly, whether or not you decided to use cheat codes or not. And that's a whole other comparison that we're not going to discuss. Um, but I just thought that was a, a completely random sort of thing there to, to derail the conversation that I thought could uh, work quite well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's it's hard to answer that question because I started playing video game with the uh, the the video game console that my had my dad has had. Sorry, when he when when I was really 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 young, probably four or five. So it was Pong, basically. Yeah, I was trying old... to give you a way out here, by the way. <clears throat> no, no, no. I'm, I'm old as <laughs> you, you blew it because I, you're I, literally I, I, I assume I'm vintage. I'm old. So I, I've played so many video games Red, for so many years that Red, my... I decided not to make the joke about, oh, you played Pong when it was just rocks. Yeah. And then you just went for Pong yourself. I'm happy yeah. here. I'm just saying. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I've played them all for so, so long and I had all the console and computer to play for years. Um, I ha always hated Pac-Man. That's, that's not a game for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, but I had, I had played small games like, uh, one was, my favorite one ever was a child, uh, was called Rigar. Rigar? I don't know. It was a, the barbarian with a, uh, a shield attached to a chain and it would kill enemies by throwing the the shield at them and putting on the um, chain to get it back and it was an arcade game okay. uh, arcade game uh, back in the days but it's like probably early 80s or i don't know so when it comes to computer game i don't know i i, I didn't play that much but uh, sim city maybe was mm. what yeah, i sim city one commander keen i think those were like the <laughs> 
<laughs> the things I remember fondly. Lemmings. Yeah. Le oh, Lemmings was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Lemmings was fun. Yours was Doom. Doom's a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Particularly if oh. you're at college and you managed to get the internet to work in one of the IT suites. Oh. So that's funny that you're that's funny that you're mentioning that Dan because I was I was with my kid yesterday on the uh, free uh, software that you can download when you have a subscription subscription of Nintendo Pass for the year or whatever they they, they give away games uh, so it's old NES game that you can play on the Switch and I was like kind of nostalgic about some of them like Tetris and other games and my kid was like no, it's ugly. And I understand that. I, I completely understand it because he started playing with video game with the Nintendo Switch. And he, he now he's seen me playing um, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. And he's currently, he, he currently hacked my PS5 to play uh, Horizon Down. So, what? yeah. <laughs> and he's almost finished with the game, which is insane. <laughs> I didn't have the chance to play it once, and, and he's, he's, he's always finished it, already finished it. So now he's playing games with absolutely wonderful graphics. So he, he, he just can't understand the, the nostalgia that we can have with old video games. And same thing for movies. Like the my my father-in-law is always trying to show him all the Disney's movie or all black and white French movies, comedy, fun fun things. It's like nah, it's ugly. I don't want to 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 watch it. I, and I totally understand it because yesterday has changed so much in the even in the past twenty years that that I he, he can't be bothered to look at something that's ugly and and it's just natural for him. So just yeah. just a thought though, doesn't he play Minecraft a lot? Yeah, but it's completely different because the 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 the, the principle of the game is that it's like pix, pix, big pixels, it's cubes, yeah. and and yeah. so. And, yeah. I was just thinking yeah, of someone saying Tetris was ugly, but then going and playing Minecraft. Yeah, but you know now <laughs> on computers you can add mods on Minecraft, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. make it look so beautiful. Um, so yeah, and yeah, we just bet yesterday something, and and if I lose, I have to buy him a, a PC. So I really hope I, I win. <laughs> so yeah, wow, that's a pretty steep bet to like, yeah a, a whole PC. I hope it's something that's like you know up there. What's the bet with the uh, attainability? Tell <laughs> right? I'll I'll tell you if I win or or lose. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I guess yeah, we'll just see I'll, a new computer. <laughs> yeah, I would have to give away mine. But it's always, it's always, always when I'm working and not working on the computer. When I'm in the shop doing something, he's coming like discreetly and say, "Dad, can I can I play a Frostbank on your PC?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not using it." Oh, so. you got me the Frostbank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's uh, I mean, he's, he's try, playing try all the games. <laughs> Try to get him a little bit retro there, like uh, Heroes of Might and Magic, oh. Round Base. Yeah, I'd never played those games, so I'm, I'm I I can't I can't push him well, towards them. Heroes uh, of Might and Magic Three would be like the the game I first started reading. Exactly. Around. Yeah. Really? Because yeah, yeah, the other one has to leave the room while you do your turn and move because mm. it's round based. Oh no! I played okay. with my dad, and he was just drunk, so he just had, didn't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way they okay, would there's do a it. bit of trauma coming out here. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, like, oh, I podcast <laughs> therapy, but you know, if you want to carry on, Raz. <laughs> I think I mentioned that before. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, for me, it was that. And then later on, like World of Warcraft. I think I played World of Warcraft for over 10 years. 
World of Warcraft is not a game. That's an addiction. Oh, it uh, very much was. I agree. Never played it. Never played it. Yeah, but it's that's good. That, that's the game that went out when I was doing my high school and study in college. So that's the years of gap in my gamer's life. They, they, I, I didn't play those games because I, I was too busy. And when it was all finished, See, I, the, I, I, I did that. back. With the World of Warcraft, I played it before it was an MMO. You know, like when it was just you build just your base Warcraft? and then, you know, oh, well, yeah. whatever yeah, faction yeah, well, you are, like Warcraft. comes in and tries to destroy your mm-hmm. base, but it's computer. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. even, you know, yeah. other people. So like yeah. I remember those days and Starcraft and all of that stuff was just that you, you bought a box, had a disc in it, probably like three and a half inch disc too, not even mm-hmm. a, a CD-ROM. <laughs> which is like hilarious to me that i like i got to see that evolution of going from just a one-person game to this ridiculous mmo that um captured the hearts of people that were 92 years old and people that were like eight you know it was just insane are you still playing id do you have time to play and and with carver alone (laughs) (laughs) both um so Carver and I play a game called Human Fall Flat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we we play that. It's it's hilarious. Mainly like Ben and Carver play that though because they're better at the jumping and the and the crazy climbing stuff. So they get the they get they do the puzzles better than I do. I it's always mom. I don't want you to play because you're not any good at jumping. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so- I've heard that before. <laughs> my son is the same when he's playing it takes two with my wife he's like yes. dad come 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 and help she she can't do it <laughs> yeah so we've been playing, uh, he, and, he and ben have been playing it takes two uh he's big on the the um dual player we were playing um well he's also been playing spongebob square plant square pants too mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun to just watch him play um but when i want to veg out and not think about work not think about the studio i'm playing right now starfield um has been mm. capturing finally find anyone a good one yes <laughs> <laughs> yes i've always been a bethesda girl you know thank, thank you id because i i was trying to i was expecting the the uh, yan and raz to talk me about uh starfield when i came back from vacation it was like nah Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> it's better i want to play that i was like dude <laughs> that's the game that everybody's been waiting for for 10 years and you're not even playing it so Thank you, Heidi, for oh, just mentioning welcome. it. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm actually shocked that Ben's not been interested at all in it. Um, I feel like the mechanics are so similar to the other Bethesda games that it's really mm-hmm. easy to jump right into it. So yeah. I don't Is know. It more like a Skyrim or more like a um, Fallout. Fallout. I feel like it's closer to Fallout, basically, yeah. because you've got guns and you've got, um, mm-hmm. you know your your dis- your discovery um you're spending a lot more time planet side like running into crazy dangerous situations with animals and factions and all that stuff whereas skyrim was like you know um dragons and villages yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it's so easy to do, derail your guys' podcast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and there's so many topics to do that. You can talk about video games, movies, and other shit. But yeah. yeah. Do you play that? I, I do. I actually used to. So before I was a maker, um, 
I, so I have a bit of a habit of latching onto something and then this is my thing now for my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of my friends got me into gaming with Call of Duty 4 and uh, very rapidly my wife was going to bed at 10 p.m. and then I'd be up until 2 in the morning yeah, every yeah, every that, night, guaranteed. Oh, so she oh, right, okay. very much became a cod widow. Um, and then Call of Duty <laughs> World War came out and I discovered the zombies mode back when it wasn't this thing of the internet tells you how to do everything. You have to find stuff out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so we we would, because I back then I was working shifts, so I wouldn't start my day shift until 10 in the morning. So I could legitimately like start gaming at 10 in the evening, play till four in the morning, still get sleep, still go to work wow. and, and adequately work. So yeah, I, I used to do a lot. It was predominantly Call of Duty, but further back than that, I used to be, it, it was, oh, I, I went through these periods. So like college, it's procrastination, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, college, oh, GTA San Andreas has come out. Don't have an internet connection, can't play games online with anyone, but I can put the full map up above my PC and pretend like I'm working on assignments when my dad walks past the door and I'm just yeah. literally driving around playing GTA. <laughs> and it was, uh, and Vice City, Vice City is the only GTA game I actually have completed the full story mode on, like did everything on it completely. Um, so yeah, I've, I have done a lot, um, but I've had to, funnily enough, this is what we talk about in the first episode of the podcast is where you look at if you've got to sacrifice some, some time. And I realized if I wanted to be serious about my craft and making that one of the things I'm going to have to do is probably gain some time from somewhere in an evening. And the easiest and hardest way to do that was to basically stop gaming online with my friends, um, which was relatively easy to do because I'm still on PS4 and they've all gone PS5 or moved to PC. And I'm like, well, I'm not investing all of that to play maybe once a month for a couple of hours. Um, Mm -hmm. So... I did get a new game for my birthday, or new to me for my birthday. It came out last year. I'm a big fan of the Borderlands series of games, and I did yeah. get Tiny Tina's um, a Wonderlands, mm. which I'm I'm a complete loot goblin, so getting to open every single crate and just make sure that there isn't something special in those, and yep. the fact that it's got the weirdness cross between, oh, well, you're sat in like a D&D game, and you've kind of like, it, it's D&D, so you're you're special move is like using a close attack weapon but you've got a gun but it's not a gun because it's got a crossbow stuck to the top of it so it's not really a gun but it is a gun and all this kind of just like the mashup of it's board there you go make sure we get the check in there um yeah so i i kind of i enjoy that kind of stuff but i'm very much it, I'm bizarre i'll either be run and gun or it's got to be really story-led I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't kind of do the bit in the middle. I, I don't mind world builders, but I always used to get frustrated. I would because at some point in a world builder game, when you play single player, you always get attacked. And I'm like, just leave me alone. I just want to build my world. I just. I don't. I don't want like the realism of other empires trying to take me over. I just. <laughs> I just want to build my little world. And like, I. I could never play theme hospital or theme park or any of those properly because there was always too much disaster, and I just wanted to mm. sort of earn the money and build the bigger thing and then keep going like that so yeah that's my condensed answer to that question what would you like to talk about next <laughs> well I, I have i have one question related to video games because i know that uh, i i am in, influenced by video game in what i make uh the current project I'm, I'm working on is from a video game the next one is not from but inspired by a video game 
Do you find yourself in, um, influenced by the, the games that you've played in the past when you are making stuff? I've deliberately tried not to make things from games or movies because I'm trying to build a brand that is based around kitchenware. And if I start going down the route of making things from video games or movies, then I will very suddenly become a cosplayer and have to give everything else up because I know what I'm like. <laughs> I, I will not be content <laughs> with just making a single thing. Um, mm -hmm. So do you remember when Dirty Smith was doing his zombie weapon challenge videos? Yeah. yeah. Um, I have in my head a fully planned out video with um, everything of what I was going to do for the last one. And then he unfortunately had to stop doing that kind of stuff for a bit for various personal reasons. Um, but I have the fabric on a shelf behind me where Janie is going to make me a Spartan cloak. And yeah. I have planned with a, a blacksmith in Somerset who is going to assist me in making a spearhead. And yeah, uh, I was going to turn the shaft for the spear and then I was going to strap the Spartan cloak to the dungarees and uh, <laughs> we, we could have the Somerset Spartan kind of video. I thought that would be very appropriate. And I still uh, think you should do that. <laughs> yeah, you should. Dolly. Well, it's, it's one of those ones that will happen at some point. It, yeah. It's just I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to build the other thing up at the moment. And I think that's, this is the problem, isn't it? You've got to have time for fun, but how much time can you actually give to that? And what's the, um, you know, I, it, it only really works if you know there's going to be a whole bunch of other people who are doing similar kind of videos and, it, and it's just going to be in the mix and everyone will watch them. For me, anyway. Um, I yeah, can't it, make it. it It is a lot more easy, I think, to be silly when you are being silly, but a lot of other people also being silly. Yes. You don't feel like you're like doing the weird thing so much because you're all weird together. Yeah, sure. But you can you can also just have fun. And you, you yeah. don't necessarily have to, to make the video, but just on your spare time. And hopefully you all have some mm. spare time. Uh, just make it for fun and... and... Well, you can shoot the, the, the parts when you make the yeah, thing. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when I find some spare time. Uh, <laughs> you, how many hours of Elden Rings do you have? Uh, okay, yeah. that's not, not about that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played Elden Ring in ages now, Yeah, at least know. three weeks. Wow. It's not whilst Bolt Skate now. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't have that yet. Uh, no, I actually haven't played Elden Ring since uh, my birthday. In March. Oh, I I tell you what. So the there's one that. Thing, the <laughs> okay. one thing that um, me not gaming anymore is a little bit disappointing slash frustrating. Is I would love to play a multiplayer game with a bunch of makers. Yeah, if that's something I've never done, and I think and I know some of the guys have occasionally got that together. And again, it's one of those random things where you'd have to refrain from immediately making it a Twitch stream that you know there's an audience who would watch. Mm -hmm. um, But I wouldn't mind doing that like as a as a once a month thing, knowing that hey, we're all here together. It doesn't matter what the game is, as long as everyone agrees that they're going to enjoy playing that game. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it is something I would like to do. I don't have a PC that's got the capacity of of doing that. It struggles with having Zoom conversations with five people. Um, <laughs> so you know, lag and things like that wouldn't be possible. But that is something mm. that I I would thoroughly enjoy doing um, at some point. Yeah. From from the nerd perspective, I would love to make a group for Baldur's Gate. 
with yeah. like four people playing Baldur's I mean, no, no. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think I'd be down. I'd be down. Yeah, that's do because it. that would be like a classical D&D round at that moment. Mm. But you don't have to tell the other one if you're going into like dark urges or anything like that, like playing like an evil character. <laughs> you, there might be some strange decisions along the way. See, the one that I've started seeing a lot of little videos of on TikTok, and it would say a lot about my algorithm, is the game called Hold Fast, which is probably something else in all of the other languages. And you basically play as, I've only ever seen it from the British side, but you basically play as redcoats. And you, you literally yeah, have you and you line up and there is like you, you get to certain points on the map and you have to your option is one person is the controller for everyone who's like the general and it is literally like walking into cannon fire and all of that kind of stuff. So it's that whole kind of English versus French and you've got like Prussian regiments and cavalry and it, but you're only controlling one person. Um, okay. And that right. that for me, I'm like, oh, this guy, this could be very fun from a maker perspective, given the different nationalities, and also the kind of the leaning yeah. towards enjoying historical warfare and weaponry and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not played it. I've I've literally just seen some TikTok videos with people doing fantastic voiceovers on it. Um, and there's yeah, there's like you can get in boats and go and storm ships and all kinds of stuff. But it is all based around seventeen slash eighteen hundreds kind of era uh, warfare. That does sound. That does sound interesting. I think also like a building game like Minecraft could be amazing yeah. in the maker community when you have an open server where everyone can join and have their little like place where to build up their stuff. There was a yeah. gang of us who had a Valheim server going for a little while, which is that sort of Minecraft and Viking mix-up thing. Yeah. That was lots of fun. Also because we got some good mods in. It's like, yeah, now it's fun to play because you have access to a bit ease of convenience. You don't need to carry every single shit over to the forge every single time. It's like, no, the box is close enough. That's magic. It happens. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I really agree with you, Dan, that there's there's some games, I think, especially within the maker community, that would be so much fun if you were able to like wrangle all of the cats into one corner and actually have them play together. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But in the long roundabout answer to your question, Red, uh, yes, I have been inspired by computer games. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I haven't made anything from them because I would probably end up with making like a Malewan submachine gun with an elemental effect on it or something like that. Out of a Do it. <laughs> Please. Yes. <laughs> Don't do it. Give it a go. <laughs> but, you know. It, what about you, yeah. Hmm? So, sorry then. What, what what about your idea? Do you find yourself inspired by video games sometimes? Do you make stuff? Because I've seen the picture of of um, Carver yesterday uh, with it all amazing. for for Halloween. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm sh- it, 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 if can I I talk about it a little bit? What what it was? Yeah. yeah. So he's he's like a um, cosmonaut, spacenaut, astronaut, astronaut. Uh, whatever you. Astronaut in English, it's astronaut, right? Um, and I remember my kid doing the same thing when he was four or five years old, and now it's all about uh, movies and video games. So I bet Carver will follow the same path and will ask you to have costume ready for him for Halloween, uh, inspired by video games. So do, that's something you already do for him, or 
Oh yeah. I mean, from day one, we did okay. this, we did this entire series and just to harken back to like pre Whitehall pottery, Ben and I had a business called slap stuff together, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you guys are familiar with, but I don't mm-hmm. know if your audience is. Um, we were YouTube makers. We did a lot of family based things. One of the biggest projects that we did for an entire year were themed monthly photos of our infant son, Carver, in his first year of life in 2016. And each month was themed around some kind of pop culture thing. So we did like Ninja Turtles. We did Zelda. We did um, Top Gun. We did uh, just off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of like all of the different ones. We did Scooby-Doo. We did 007. (laughs) so we we ben and i tag teamed like i would find all of the costumes i would do all the photography and he would build the props Mm. so he was like making wooden shields and swords for zelda um for the 007 there wasn't a whole lot of making it was just like finding props that worked for the photo um top gun i think he built a little um a a C that was shaped like what you would see painted on a, a plane. And um, we had like a prop plane that we used in the photos. So like, that was a lot of fun. Um, and now Carver's constantly like, Oh, will you make me a daddy? Can we make an ax? Um, he, I, he saw yeah. in Minecraft, he wanted an ax, like a Minecraft ax. So he and Ben went downstairs, they made this ax, Ben taught him how to use the spoke shave to like make the handle, um, and all that stuff. So yes, we do get inspired by our video games. Mm, that's great. That's very cool. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's bringing me food. Um, <laughs> for the pottery though, I did an entire series called nerd mugs. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys probably remember those a little bit. I, I, purchased a bunch of fondant molds for um like candy making and cake making mm, right. and i used those to make um little medallions that went on the pottery and funnily enough there was like star wars themed um yeah. molds like chocolate molds and different things that i was able to make like little spaceships that went on the front of the mugs and um, we we called it like the space trash can um, in our product lineup when it was R two D two, but nice. <laughs> it was a lot of fun to like sit there and hand paint um, how, whatever the color scheme was that we wanted because we weren't trying to stay too close to the actual movie, but like you know it kind of thematically felt like it was part of that world um and then i follow quite a few makers potters specifically that get into more sci-fi and space themed work where they're not necessarily trying to make something that specifically speaks to that world but they're trying to think of like if i were han solo in a bar what would they be drinking out of um Mm. at that bar and how do i make that feel like it would be something within that realm of possibility i've got Mm -hmm. friends that make like dragon styled steins and those kind of things that kind of look like a dragon egg with a crazy um bottom on them so that's you know that's where you can really pull it in without being like too on the nose yeah cool yeah and is it something that you do as well mixing making and and your love for video games um definitely there's 
definitely some inspiration from them. I mean, the, the I made the Zelda hearts out of um, the, the wooden cubes mm-hmm. for once. And pretty much every, I mean, I used to do LARP. So mm-hmm. every, I would literally run through Skyrim looking for armor sets yeah. just to get some reference of like leather armors that yeah, I could yeah. then like copy information of. Um, that... Yeah, it's always been a huge reference. Yeah. Yeah. As I know you, you, you don't because what you sell at markets is very specific. You have a line of objects and, and items that you do, but... Are you talking I, to the guy who made a set of sword? Yeah, but but yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, that, and, and the keyblade. Yeah, and I, that's where I was going. <laughs> I know that you made several swords inspired by from video games. Mm. Uh, is that something that you really enjoy doing? Would that yeah. would you consider adding that to sell of, to the list of stuff that you sell? Uh, yeah, but more of the fact that I would just make it because I would like to make it, and because of the challenge of realizing this fantasy thing mm-hmm. uh, and then depending on how attached I am to it or how long I want to keep it in the shop like yeah mm-hmm. it's it'll be up for sale at least yeah. eventually yeah uh, but I mean I also make like the the code track with silhouette of the fellowship of the yeah. rain yeah. I also did one for Final Fantasy 7 mm. and I really like doing a bit of that as well but that's doesn't feel like making to the same extent as forging out a sword Simply because, like, oh, I'm just finding a reference images and then I'm just drawing a vector file and sending off to the laser. Mm-hmm. And then I get it and I forge five hooks and I rivet that on. And it's like, this is a thing I made now. But it's like, not traditionally forged, though. Not like full black. Yeah, but in your defense, forging the silhouette of Gandalf could be a real pain in the butt to do in a day. So it would be a pain, be a pain in his butt. That too, as well. But. Yeah. <laughs> Lasering the stuff uh, is prob- probably the smart choice. Yeah, the easy way to go. One, one thing I want to do more of, though, is m- make more things that is closer related to archaeological Viking finds in Norway, mm-hmm. but also things that we have wood carvings of in the old stave churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, something a friend of mine did ages ago is that he drew up a couple of bookmarks for me based upon the portal to the Urnas church, which is the oldest church in Norway still standing. It's mm-hmm. uh, 900,000 years old or something. Oh, yeah. it's, it's proper old. Still a lot of original timber and everything. And so he designed a couple of bookmarks for me in that style that mm-hmm. I have been selling on, uh, at market since. Okay. But I would like to expand upon that and have like, uh, because we have uh, some circular wood carvings. I'll be talking half a meter, 60 centimeter diameter or something. Like big wood carvings telling the story of legends. And so I would what like, you want to do is souvenirs? Kind of. But I mean, this is one of the things where like, oh, I would like this to be a thing that exists outside of the churches. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not like full out blacksmithing related. It's just like my medium is metal, so I will take this thing and I'll translate it into metal. Mm-hmm. And again, it wouldn't be forging; it would just be making a vector file and getting it done by someone professionally. But that is a thing I would like to do more of, just because, especially when it comes to the, the story of uh, Sigurd Dragonslayer. That's a story that uh, I feel 
is very, really cool, but we don't have all of the wood carvings from that story anymore. I think there's only four of them left, and there used to be 12 or something. Oh, okay. And then? <laughs> yes? You can maybe I, do I, something I, about it? Well, I can't give them back because I didn't steal them from the Vikings <laughs> as much as, you know, that could be called reciprocal. Surprisingly enough, the British didn't steal all that much from Norway. But I guess no, we it's did. Old Raz, we, we, we <laughs> knew there was axes. nothing there. Yeah, axes in the faces, probably. Yes. Well, yeah, it's yeah. It I think it's bit. more along the lines of when you've got when you've got an entire nation deciding to leave the country behind to find somewhere better seasonally. Uh, we know that it's not worth going over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what no. do you mean? We, we, we'll come back. <laughs> we go off to see how hot and miserable the rest of the world is, and then we just like, yeah, no, let's, let's go back to the cuddless polar bears. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I can. Red, I, you know, go on, go on, Heidi. Red, I wanted to ask you, like, so your your whole thing really recently has just been surrounded, like, building things that you're finding in like zelda and those kind of things kind of inspired by your son mm. asking you for things but yeah. have any of those projects really stood out to you where you're like i never thought that i could i would ever be able to make this but here i am holding it in my hands and you know it's turned <laughs> out better than i could have predicted well uh, the one the the, the quiver that i'm currently working on uh wait it's it's on on pause now because of vacation and the people coming um starting tomorrow for as it's a week or four days to change the window so it, it, it's kind of on hold for for the moment but i'm making the quiver from zelda tears of the kingdom for my son mm. and um the one that I, I did previously was from assassin's creed and i was I had this exactly that in mind when I was holding it at the end. I was like, that's something that a guy designed for a video game without really thinking of this thing existing in the real world. So I was. And also, he probably was not an archer himself. Yeah, yeah, also that. But so I was, I was kind of happy and proud. Uh, to be able to take a picture of a game or several pictures of a game because different angles to have the, all the details and stuff and being able to kind of reverse ingenerate in order to create the, the thing. Mm. And that's that's literally what takes the, the longest. It, it's, it's very time consuming. So in the end, when you are, when it's done, when you have the thing in your hand, it's like, wow, uh, I'm probably the. I, I'm. I'm. I'm just gonna be very. Um, I'm. I'm gonna exaggerate a little bit, but I'm probably the only person in the world holding that item mm. uh, at the moment because I did it in a certain way. Other people will have done the the quivers from the game, but not the way I did it. Not using leather. Not with my own design. Not with not with my interpretation of some aspect of it. Um, so yeah, that's something that I'm 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 really enjoying at the moment. Doesn't mean that I'm not going back to forging or woodworking or whatever. But uh, and as you said, ID, it's it's mainly because my kid is like, hey, dad, dad, can you make me this? And you can't say no to your kid. So yeah, okay, um, I'll, I'll do it uh, when I have time. And turns out that you take the time to do it over your own project, over the things that you want to create for yourself or for your business, which is 
not smart. Don't do that, guys. Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> but but yeah, I really enjoyed doing it and um, finding that I have it. I I have such pleasure pleasure doing it, and it I have it gives is it gives me so much more motivation to do something like that, video game related or movie related or um, long long format animation, whatever you call it in English, like like how to train your dragons mm. movie related. It it, bra- it brought me so much pleasure, pleasure and joy at the end that that's a direction that I really want to, to, to go to. Even mm. though it takes more time than a simpler project. Like I could be doing wallets and minimalist wallets and, and I don't know, little leather items that I could probably sell um, to clients. It's, it, I, mean, I don't, I, it, it's nice. I, I, I enjoy watching people doing it, but that's not what I want to do with leather. That, that's not, I don't get the same excitement when I'm doing it. So mm-hmm. If I have to choose between doing a very nice wallet with fine Italian leather and a very neat item in the end, and do a um, Skyrim set of armor, uh, I'll pick the armor every day yep. uh, because it's so much more fun. And the challenges right. are different, but yeah, I, I enjoy that. But yeah, also those are probably more like one-off pieces you're making then yeah yeah probably because it it takes really a long time to just create the pattern from the pictures then to to make it because it has challenges just making something that it's not supposed to exist in the real world creates challenges in the making of the the the, the thing itself yeah. so I'm, I'm pretty sure though at that level you're doing it there's a market for that i, I really hope so <laughs> I think so. No, because this is uh, this has been one of the things. Uh, also, uh, playing live action role playing games, or like when I back when I used to play that. Uh, that's why we made our own armors mm-hmm. with like leather and everything, because it is so hard to find something that is like a fantasy armor of high quality. Mm-hmm. Because because usually it's more like on a budget. It's, it's meant as a toy, or many people see it as a mm-hmm. toy. So the yeah, quality is just there's a lot of plastic on it and it's just not well made and not for longevity and um fake then, either. exactly and then you have the historical armors which are for reenactment which are on a higher detail grade but the mix in between like the mix between those two it was not at least back then it wasn't easy to find that's why it just started making our own has anyone yeah noticed how um and going back to computer games slightly, but there's a good link here. How, the, what the the development of the uh, armorer slash uh, guy who supplies you things. I've forgotten the actual terminology for it. Um, but basically, the person who who looks after your gear when you go to buy new gear. Squire, mm-hmm. not squire. No, no, no. Uh, quartermaster. Okay, that's the one I'm yes, thinking okay. of. Yeah. But in particular, the games that are based around fantasy, like Skyrim, you, you, you've probably got an armorer or a blacksmith or someone like that that you go to because they can't differentiate between an armor maker and a weapon maker and mm. whatever else. It's all just blacksmith. The That character, like in the early days, was walk up to pixelate person, buy thing. 
Mm-hmm. Now, particularly when you consider things like the Borderlands, they, they have a full-on personality. They have mm-hmm. names, they have their own accents, they have their they have sass, they they go out of the way to like, you know, to be this realistic person. And I mm-hmm. very much feel that for the vast majority of the maker community, we pretty much are that character. You know, we, as much as we're the ones who like to play the game, we're playing mm-hmm. the game because we're but we want we want that weapon or we want that bit of kit or we want that sort of thing. And exactly yeah. as you said, Red, the inspiration to then make it yourself is always going to be pretty high or collaborate. I mean, while you were talking about the whole thing and you were talking about how to train your dragon or you referenced it briefly, I was just sat there thinking, you know, it, it's it's a complete dream because of budgets and time and all the rest of it. I would love to be part of a collaboration that did a full thing like where we not just, oh, we did a one-off piece of X piece of armor or whatever, but we're talking about, right, we're, we're going to make the armor for 10 people that each of which are based on a character from let's say how to train your dragon we're going to build a fully animatronic life-size scale toothless it's going to fire mm-hmm. something that looks like plasma and then we're going to yes. go to the make affair yes you know, like yes. that when, when, when do we start when do we start yes please <laughs> yeah. i i yeah. i i add this it was not my idea but i tried yeah. to um convert people for the last um uh maker central yeah the one that where i didn't go because reasons uh to to just uh cosplay or or create costumes yeah. uh and and to gather that because just it's fun and and uh not my idea because i did it uh, 2 years ago and it was a great success to uh, um full metal Al, yeah right? full metal Al, and the kids were just super happy to be during the weekend at the thing that was probably kind of boring for them because it was probably for the dad or for the mom that they got brought there. But they were seeing a character that they knew from a manga, from an anime, and they were so Ooh. just happy to to, to mm-hmm. see it. So yeah, it could have could could be a good idea to just do exactly what you said then. Create a full of of costumes, but the real deal, not cosplays, like the real things yeah, yeah. with armor well, and fabric. That's the, and, thing. That's the difference, yeah. isn't it? That's the, the thing that sets us apart is that it's not it's not foam that looks real. Yeah. It's you know, we, we actually want it to be able to like potentially stop a thrust from a sword. Um oh, yeah. you know, that that <laughs> kind of thing. I mean the other one would be like a eight foot high scale model of Howl's Moving Castle. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like instantly, you know, how many of us are like, "Oh, I would want to be part of that." Oh, you know, yes. You, you have to get people who knew how to do the the actual mechanics to so because you need to be able to move. Yeah, I'm already uh, thinking. This is like, is this a bike inside with like one person just like oh no, I'm, I'm in there. Thinking, and... I'm thinking of like Lucas with his little remote control um, trike with the um, damn, I've forgotten the name of the fraggle rock on it. Yeah, fraggle okay, on fraggle? it. Yeah, yes, yeah. But he mm-hmm. he made a remote control trike with a fraggle on it, and you know things like that. Being able to have that motion things, but this is a massive rabbit hole that we can go down. But this, this is the beauty of um, now becoming vintage and getting towards that age is uh, yeah. being a bit more in control of your own lives and going like, oh no, I I can I can book two weeks leave off my day job. Oh, what are you going to do? Um, I'm going to go <laughs> build a working animatronic <laughs> dragon, or you know something completely random like that. Um, and let's something with flames. 
Well, let's be honest. The only thing that's really stopping us from doing this is cost of materials. Yeah. And and just making the decision of doing it, because yeah. if, if if it's a kind of a a plan, a project of oh that would be cool if we could would be able to do so, and everyone is like yeah I want to be part of it, but we don't decide on a date on a place and pumps yeah. who can it's never gonna happen so no, I, can, i can definitely hear a, a maker summer camp happening with uh yeah. interesting <laughs> end results the, the um i think the the thing that would put a lot of people off is that in the reality if you want something like that to work it needs someone who's going to be able to project manage it properly and organize mm. a lot in advance and all that kind of stuff which suddenly well, sounds less fun but in reality it doesn't it's It just helps things move yeah. along and reach the end goal rather than everyone just showing up and going, I brought some tools. So we basically have to see when Jamie has time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Duncan. <laughs> every everybody needs a captain. So you, you you have to have someone in charge to just organize the stuff and, and keep the project moving forward. If you don't, uh, it's just going to be a bunch of friends sitting under a porch and chatting about stuff and... Drinking. And drinking. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm done. playing with fire and hammers and all the power yeah. tools. I can see nothing going wrong with this plan. No, but the 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 things will never get built. Oh, too slowly. Oh, well, details, details. Now, because if if you just say, ah, oh, we're gonna build that, and there is no plan, schedule, or deadline, we will slow ourselves to not finish the thing. To be able to go back, oh finish yeah, finish the thing the, the the year after that, and yeah, and I can see that happening. Goes on for for decades. I mean, so at the same time, though, with with the kind of minds and crazy habits all of us have, like we'll we'll find something else to do. We we'll, we'll find a new other crazy projects to get into. Yeah, yeah but you need to finish the first one, Raz. This is what we're all yeah, really bad at. <laughs> don't, don't take this personal, please. I wasn't. I was referring to everyone here <laughs> outside. But I, I, I have to confess, like, the more you're talking about this, it's like, it would be so much fun to be able to set aside a month or two and just mm. focusing on making swords from the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, this yeah. is part of the thing with... If I could ever get to a stage where um, I was professionally making my own thing i'm well aware that i'm not under any illusion that being self-employed is somehow magically easier and you just get to have holiday when if you like we we all know that that's not actually true uh mm. unless you look at raz um uh, it's but, more to the contrary <laughs> <laughs> but if you could then say right x amount of time per year like a three-week block at the same time every year is your is your like play time that that's where you're not mm. In your workshop doing your workshop thing you have to do but you can either whether or not that's with a bunch of other people or on your own you get to set that aside to do something crazy like i you know i i would love if i was going to do cosplay route i would love to have a proper cosplay costume of one of the stone androids from laputa castle in the sky yeah okay that would be awesome i you know i've never carved foam i've never worked with any of that stuff and stilts and heights and all that kind of thing that's a whole other thing on its own that would be mm-hmm. cool to do nothing yeah. to do with what i currently do whatsoever yeah, sure. but if you can you know it, it's that whole element of sometimes you can get lost in what you're doing day to day and it's improving your skill set but it's you've got to remember to play 
You've got to remember That's, to have fun. Mm-hmm. Just because we've got bigger doesn't mean that we're not children anymore. And as anyone who's ever got married to a man can attest to, um, you know. That's true. We, we've talked about video game for at least 30 minutes. So we're still here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's the good part of being an adult because you can do that. You can take time off to play video games, to create costume, to go yeah. create something. You only have to allow yourself. That, yeah, that's exactly. exactly what I was going to say, Jan. It's, it's giving yourself permission and not feeling guilty the whole time you're doing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's kind of what ruined it for me the, for the last year, and this is why I'm kind of concentrating on at the end of the year around Christmas time because I'm gonna be here around Christmas, just like over the holidays, allow myself like maybe two to three days of just doing nothing but playing video games. Mm. Good, sounds sounds like a good plan. Almost something some... to focus on. Yeah, there, there you go. There he goes. <laughs> well done. Who goes first? I Dan? Dan? I can go first One if you like. I'm going to need Raz's help with the pronunciation there. Oh dear. Oh dear. No, no, it's you a... run too fast. Oh, no, sorry. Wrong joke. <laughs> no, it's the. Uh, you don't even have kids, Jan. I don't know how you get away with your dad jokes. Um, it's the band that I shared to you earlier in the week, Rasmus. Oh, so right. I'm going to I'm uh, going to murder the pronunciation. I'm I'm calling it Heilung. It's H E I L U N G. Heilung. Okay. Uh, Heilung. Yeah. Well, I had a, sh- a stab in the dark, and we had a discussion about this. I will pre-warn people: this is not like a rock band or a thrash metal band or anything like that. Just listen with an open mind this is really good motivational background noise if you're in a workshop let's put it this way there are band members who are danish norwegian german and various other things and they lean heavily into the if the roman soldiers were invading north of the rhine and they came across a random tribe of warrior people what would they hear them chanting that would freak them out and make them go back over the rhine again yep Imagine that, and imagine we're, we're not talking guitars or anything. This is all like heavy on like bass and groups of people stamping feet and kind of chanting and a lot of vocalization and all of that kind of thing. Um, not the normal stuff I listen to. Found it again, random TikTok video of these guys on stage, and they were all in full costume, including 10 of them stood at the back painted head to toe with spears that they would stamp in time to the music. And I was like, that looks like fun. What are they all about? Um, so, yeah, and another reason to get back on TikTok. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I opened the app the other day and it was just like, new follower, you got invited to something and then videos were already popping up. And it's like, ah, this is not too much. It just closed it off. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's, that's what I focused on this week. I thought, um, I've, I found it quite, uh, a couple of times Janie wandered in going, what on earth are you listening to? I said, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Um, it's, it's <laughs> just background noise and you wouldn't, there's nothing you can like sing along to or anything, but it's, uh, I find it quite interesting and inspirational. I have to give that a listen. Yeah, me too. You should. Heidi? There is a ceramic artist named Roberto Lugo. Uh, I stumbled into his work recently. Mm-hmm. I was looking at so I had a comment on my work recently that said that I was basic. Um, 
And uh, we can get into that at some other time. Uh, It's still fresh. So um, I was looking at ways that I could use a lot of the techniques that I've been learning how to use in surface decoration for my pottery to kind of bring it to the next level. Because, you know, on one part, I was like, my work's great. I don't need to do anything with it. It sells like my customer base really likes it. But then on the other hand, there's that like part of me that like, you always want to be growing as an artist um, and, and a maker. And his work is, he, he was, a, I think he was a graffiti artist to start out with. And then he fell in love with ceramics and then um, started to apply a lot of his collage work and, and that idea of graffiti to his work. So he does a lot of pop culture kind of um elements to his surface decoration uh he did he does they're like traditional almost like european and japanese shaped um, vessels with lidded vessels and then they have so much um, collage work on it that at first glance you're like oh this is just a classical piece of pottery um but then when you get looking closer at it, it's biggie smalls or it's um you know lebron james or it's it's got some kind of rap theme to it where until you start really looking at it, you see the themology that, that he's applied to it. And a lot of it's, um, he's using overglaze, uh, decals, he's using underglaze decals. So that you remember, um, probably like a couple of years ago, I did a piece for Jake Thompson where I did some overglaze decals and they require a second firing process and everything. Uh, I did some underglaze on it too, to like put his logo on. So this guy, Roberto has just taken it to a whole other level of looking at the master's work, looking at historical work, making his pieces look like there's something from like, you know, a totally different generation, a totally different era in ceramics, and then bringing it back around to like, modern times and speaking to mm-hmm. to you know the modern um idea of style and you know what's important in his culture and um it's just it, it was one of those things that like okay i i can be expanding what i'm doing um to a more fine art level and be less basic um but like also looking at someone that's mastered it like this Roberto Lugo he he's just he's a phenomenal artist he's getting the credit that he deserves for his work that I think probably like 20 years ago people would be like oh this is garbage you know like it it doesn't it's it's not Picasso it's not you know it's it's whatever it's using too much pop culture into their work um or or whatever but he um he he just has these immaculate pieces that I think everybody can enjoy, even if you're not into functional ceramics, <laughs> you know, it seems kind of weird, but, um, they're, the beautiful works and, um, his, his method, the methodology and his, his, um, his approach is really great. So, uh, it was one thing that I was focused on this week is trying to be less basic. Nice. <laughs> That's pretty cool work that you're doing. Yeah. I, I, I was scrolling through and the amphoras he's making. And yeah. it's, at a glance, it looked like they are stolen out of antiquity. 
Yeah. And then it's like looking, I was like, no, no, he's painted on an entire like modern neighborhood scene on them instead. Yeah. It, it's yeah. the uh, Tupac and Dr. Martin Luther King two, teapot that I particularly was drawn to and think is pretty interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't I can wait to take a look at it later, but whenever I try to switch between tabs, you're going to see it in the recording. So <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Definitely check him out, Roberto Luga. Um, here we go. He is a Philadelphia based artist. He's the same age as me, um, which I was born in 1981. So you can do the math, but he's amazing. It's still a baby. Can I go next? Yeah. Sure. So I want to toss a little focus to the Diary of a CEO, uh, a podcast that. Kjell put me onto a while back relating to a brilliant conversation about the impact on AI. And I was like, oh, this is a good conversation. Not only is like the topic of AI like really pungent now and really important, and the conversation they had was amazing and had so many nuances to it. But also like just the way I am, I always have room for another podcast. I kept listening to it. And he keeps on having so many interesting people and so many interesting conversations. From just having Steve-O from Jackass on to people who are really ahead of their field talking about breaking science, basically. And everything in between, like CEOs that just tell a bit about something they learned and how they are managing their their ADHD eclectic life of trying to juggle all the things that are important to them. And also like addicts who turn their life around. So mm -hmm. if you have room for one more podcast, the Di Diary of a CEO is a really good one. Or setting up shop, which is uh, season one is now wrapping up with the final episode tomorrow. <laughs> or, or that, of course. Or that. <laughs> Diary yeah. of a CEO. I, I love that podcast. And I think... I, I think the reason I like it so much isn't just based on the guests, but the host, the way that he yeah. asks questions, he's so intentional about where he's leading the conversation um, that it's, it's super powerful. Um, and it feels like you're not supposed to be in the room. Like it feels like they're having an intensely personal conversation that you're privy to, but you're you're really not supposed to be um, because it gets so intensely personal with some of the struggles that these people share about their lives. Um, what's the girl from Game of Thrones? The the Arya. Uh, oh uh, yes, I don't know her name at the moment. Well, she did. She did an interview with him. Yeah. That just exposed so much that I I don't think people realize being a child actor she went through and why she was so good in her role. Mm. Macy Williams. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was that was my introduction to that podcast. Mm. So, so freaking good. So freaking good. Good call out, Ras. Yeah. I, I, like the 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 best like um it's not even a, it's not a gimmick, but the best thing I think he's able to do when he's doing the interview is that he will let the silence hang for seconds. Mm -hmm. Really let you feel the impact of what the other person said and to be able to give the person room to breathe and collect themselves or to follow up if they feel like it. Sometimes he let the silence sit there for five seconds 
and that is long when you're doing an interview and mm. then the other person just starts speaking again mm. and they come with a bit more information they give more of themselves with that and i think that's just for some reason he's just managed to be incredibly good at interviewing and uh, Stephen Bartlett, the, the the guy behind the Diary of a CEO, he, him himself is a really fascinating character. But yeah, podcast. I like podcasts. Cool. Jan? Jan? Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, two, I, I got two small ones. Uh, one is uh, Super Giant Games, because we were talking about Hades earlier. Yes. And I did not yes. know that Hades 2 is either already out or coming out. It's coming. Yeah. So excited for that. I don't have time for that to be out at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know Supergiant Games, not by Hades, though, but by the game Bastion, oh, which is yeah. really amazing. And I can recommend it to everyone. And this is also um, a game that I, I hate playing on mobile, but this game actually works really well on like an iPad. Yeah. This is how, how I found out about them. And I think the, the, the soundtrack is phenomenal that goes with it. I have been listening. I played Bastion when it came out. And mm -hmm. I kept uh, listening to the soundtrack for ages. Uh, yeah. Transistor is also a really good game from the same studio. Okay. I have not played Transistor, but um, I started with Bastion and Hades is just good fun. It's like as a yeah. roguelite. Then the other one uh, is Boily Hobby Time. And I think I focused that one before. And that's a guy that makes dioramas. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he just came out about an hour ago. Well, by the time you see that, it's been out for a while. But the um, it's Snoopy versus the Red Baron. What? Well, you knew Snoopy the dog, how he yeah. usually like puts on his flight glasses and then flies yeah. away in his doghouse. Yeah. And he's having a dog <laughs> fight with the Red Baron. Oh, cool. <laughs> and he made a diorama out of it. Nice. All right. I guess that's the thing. So now. that what makes stuff that comes to your mind, I think that's hilarious and um, also really entertaining to watch. So cool. those Very are my nice. focuses. Red, how about you then? Mine is, um, I don't remember if I found the guy on TikTok or on Instagram, probably on TikTok. Uh, he's called Paul Kenton. He's, a, he's an artist based in UK. Uh, he's a painter and he does amazing, amazing city painting that look like nothing at the very beginning. But when it's done, it's just wow. Um, I, I stumbled upon uh, one of his videos and you don't understand what the guy is doing because he's just putting like splashes of paint at the very beginning and then... I, it, it's very hard to explain. Um, I can't draw, I can't paint. Uh, so I have this fascination towards artists who can. And this guy is one of the the great ones, I think. So yeah, Paul Kenton, uh, probably on TikTok or uh, Instagram or anywhere else. Just Google it and you will find um, this painting. And I think they worth the watch. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So that's mine. Nice. And yes, as Dan has, keep, has been keeping saying throughout the whole podcast, uh, you can find Heidi, Dan, and me at Setting Up Shop podcast. I think last episode is coming out like the day after this one or thereabout. Um, 
But if people want to find you, Heidi, and do some friendly stalking outside of that. Sure, you can find me at Whitehall Pottery. It's Whitehall underscore Pottery on Instagram, Whitehall Pottery on the YouTubes, and Heidi Artist on Heidi Jacobs Artist on Facebook. But you can also search by Whitehall Pottery. It should show up on Facebook as well. If you have any questions, shoot me an IM on Instagram. I'm much more likely to respond to you that way. And then, um, so uh, my my professional profile is uh, Bevelwood UK on Instagram and uh, also a website. Uh, that's where I'm trying to sort of make and sell my professional stuff. If you want to just have a bit more of this kind of a conversation, see the kind of stuff I do, then it's at Wonky Workshop. Um, there is also a YouTube channel for that. I've put a few things out on, uh, but I haven't done for well over a year um and apparently according to some good friends the highlight of at wonky workshop is my occasional ranty stories that i will rabbit on about all sorts of nonsense far too long for uh so if you enjoyed yes. me talking in this podcast then you, you apparently the real gems according to some people uh are, are the, <laughs> um but yeah just as uh, as raz did allude to so setting up shop is setting underscore up underscore shop spelled s-h-o-double-p-e for the instagram um we are on apple music we are on spotify and soundcloud and all of the usual podcasting app places so you should be able to find us we do have a website as well um with some um backup material after each episode as well which uh is currently making all of um he might not know that yet but that is what is happening what? <laughs> yes, I, I am working on things. Uh, and if you want to get a hold of this podcast, you can find us at Two Thirds Focused on any of the mostly social places. And you can find me at Rasmus Lewin and Lewinsmeer.no. And there might be some weapon related stuff on YouTube in due time. Yes, please. And you can find me at Redsmiths on the Redsmiths on the internet, more specifically at theredsmiths.com. And you can find me as Nerd Inventor or Jan Maxwell on the socials. Thanks, guys, Excellent. for joining for on. today. Yep. Yeah, it was great to, to have you and, and to see this new podcast coming in the world. Thank you. Thank Let's you. Keep so doing much. it. Yep. Can't wait for yes, season two. Uh, yes. <laughs> 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 bye bye. 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 Have a good Bye. week.